thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. I'm waiting for the music. Hello, everybody. There we go. I need the music, people. Just saying. With this hair, I need music. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. We want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. As you guys know, I am your sweet and lovable host. Right there. See it? It's so true. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some tough topics, people. Yeah, we are. How many of you guys know men? How many of you know that you're in this world because a man was involved in your mom's life? <laughs> how many of you have sons? I, well, I don't have any kids, but how many of you have daughters? Hmm? Yeah, see? Everything revolves around female and male in the world, just so you know. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about men in particular. And not just any men, but younger men who are actually in need of our help. And actually older men, too. Because honestly, you know, this show actually broadcasts over on Twitch. And you know what men are doing over there on Twitch right now? Instead of watching our show. <laughs> Some of these middle-aged men, they're like gaming there. Out of work. <laughs> you know, true story. You know? So, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to our guest today about his book, Guy's Guide to Four Battles every young man must face yeah we are so do me a favor share this out let everybody in your social media platform know that they're doing that yes even older men sean like you we know you're old yeah we do but i won't tell anybody (laughs) okay so i don't know if you you've heard of my guest jonathan mckee but he has been around for a while he's he's a father he's a husband and he's the author of over 20 books. Recently, he was on My Competitor, Focus on the Family. Yeah, he was. And uh, he was there to talk about his book. And uh, I have to tell you that this is great. This guy has a heart for the youth in particular. And rightfully so, because we all should, because the youth are our future. And uh, he is here to educate us. I was going to say educate, but that, you know... That wouldn't be very mature. But anyway, he's here to educate us today about what are the four big areas that men battle and, and stress out about and kind of impacts their lives, you know. I want to know. That's why he's on the show today. So without further ado, people, for the very first time ever on Bible News Radio, here internationally, all over the world, Jonathan McKee. There you go. Hey, thanks for having me here. Glad <laughs> to be here. You're welcome. I'm glad you're here. I really am. Okay, so my question is, uh, <clears throat> okay, so tell us a little bit more about who you are, okay? Because just in case somebody in my audience has never heard of you. In fact, put a one in the chat box if you've heard of Jonathan. Wow, we're going to see the numbers now. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm just curious. A lot of people yeah. might listen to Focus on the Family. One, two. So, okay, did I say put a one if you've heard of him? Yes. Okay, Sean has. That's good. 
Melanie hasn't, though, but she doesn't have kids either. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I actually grew up in a church. I was a pastor's kid. So I think that means I'm a troublemaker, actually. I'm not really sure. But, uh, and grew up and went to Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Uh, came back after my second year, met my wife in the college group of our church, and didn't go back to Westmont College because my wife was fine. And I just, I wanted to be around her. So I actually finished up at California State University here in Sacramento. Um, and uh, we got married, uh, had three kids, and we got into youth ministry right away. Been in youth ministry 25 plus years. We've uh, been married, my goodness, that was 91. So do the math, 28 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, and my kids are now 21, 23 three and 26. I always have to think of when the birthdays are. Um, but yeah, no, it has uh, been a fun journey. And um, we actually started our ministry by accident because I was working for an organization called Youth for Christ, working with young people. And we've always volunteered in youth ministry at the same time. And we started a website for youth workers because I was looking for resources on the web. And when I typed in the search engine, free youth ministry resources, there was a bunch of stuff where it's like, you, like here's one freebie. Now buy this, buy this. And we're like, what? Isn't there anything just like truly free out there? So we started up uh, literally while I was working for Youth for Christ, I started this free website that was for youth workers. I said, hey, you're a youth worker. You're like me. You need some free resources. Here's some game ideas, some Bible studies, some event ideas, Here's and just some encouragement. And it kind of took off and exploded. And so within a couple of years, um, we went full time with that and we started the source for youth ministry.com and that eventually uh, expanded to the source for parents.com because youth workers have a, um, awareness that of the amazing impact that parents have on youth lives and youth workers. Sure. We got them for an hour or two a week, but you know, parents have that huge impact. So part of being a good youth worker is being a resource to parents and helping out parents. So, It's funny, now here we are, 17th year of our ministry, and most of what I do is fly into a church on a weekend, uh, train youth workers Saturday night, preach Sunday morning, um, teach a parent workshop Sunday night, uh, and then do stuff midweek like focus on a family or summit ministries or whatever where I'm equipping parents or youth workers, So, um, and then writing books in between. So it's fun. I, I get an opportunity to kind of tell people, hey, here's a mistake I made. Don't make the same mistake and offer a little wisdom from the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. Hey, I think that's great. And actually, you know what? Um, Summit Ministries rocks, just so you know. So does folks on the family. I used to work there so years ago. I know. Nice. Fun fact, right, people? Anyway. <laughs> and you've been, you've been married. I knew it was 28 years because I've been married 27 years this year. So I got you beat then. Yeah, you do. I don't know how old you are though, but I'm only fifty. And I'm I'm forty something. Mm. Okay. So you've been so you you even got married younger than me. I was twenty when I got married. Yeah, you did. Okay, so yeah, I was twenty three. So <sighs> well, we are the generation, aren't we? <laughs> I think Tell we you. are. Well we are. And you know, hey, I work with Awana, so I, I work with kids and uh, yeah, we're babies. That's right, Sean. Yeah, we are. 
<laughs> anyway, I work with kids and I've been a school therapist in, you know, in the elementary school for a number of years. And, you know, I nice. I know a lot of different children and stuff and teenagers and stuff. And, and Melanie says you're 48, just so you know. And <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what my listeners... Yeah, she doesn't know my birthday, so she <laughs> Yeah, but, but she doesn't know because of my birthday that I'm actually 49, but yeah. Ah, gotcha. See, you pulled it out of them, everybody. Yeah, you did. Okay, well, anyway, so here's the thing. So I, I'm really glad that you're here because I remember when I was in graduate school a couple of years ago um, that uh, I was trying to tell people then about the internet and what what a big issue that that was going to become uh, in the future. And this was in the early 2000s. Um, you know, the internet <clears throat> kind of, I mean, in 1982 or 83 or 84, around there is when people started getting on America Online. And we all started learning all that stuff way back then. But, you know, fast forward a couple decades, and we have a lot. We What I suspected was going to happen did, because it did. And so, you know, like the number one thing, and there's four things that you guys talk about, but the number one thing, obviously, that came to my mind was sexual temptation. That's one of the big areas that men deal with, and women, too, but obviously, I know that you narrowed it down to men. So first of all, why, why are you just talking about just men in general, and do you want to address the girl side of it, too, if you want? Yeah, no, no, that, that's a great <clears throat> question, because uh, obviously, this particular bo book is focused on just guys. Uh, if you look at my, my last book to young people was actually just the teens guide to social media and mobile devices. Um, but I like writing books focused on just one gender because I mean, for guys, um, I think these distractions have become really amplified and, and we've seen it in particular with guys. Uh, if a parent walks up to me after one of my parent workshops and says, Hey, I've got a question about my son. I can almost say, uh, Wait, let me guess. He plays Fortnite all night long if you don't put any limits on him, right? And she's like, how do you know? I mean, because it is probably the number one thing that, you know, that moms will ask me. Uh, mm -hmm. If not, it's usually about, hey, he's looking at these pictures on his phone that he shouldn't have got, but he found. And, you know, and so I just know immediately that it's either going to be, you know, play, you know, something to do with screens, like, you know, the, the stuff he's looking at or the games he's playing, or it's going to be a, a sexual temptation that, that has been distracting him. Or I know that it's going to be the fact that, especially now we live in this world where, you know, smoking weed is no big deal. So <laughs> I know it might be something about substances, might be about drinking or smoking or, or, or a prescription pills. So substance is not a big one. And the other thing that's just huge right now is the fact that um, self-esteem, and that's across the board with both guys and girls, right. but I couldn't tackle these other issues without talking about that. So I decided to go ahead and, you know, address guys for this book. It's my second book just to guys. Um, so of 20-something books, two of them specifically at guys. And I think, uh, you know, guys need mom or dad or grandpa or that youth worker that cares about them to spend some time really talking about it. Girls need that too. I just didn't write that book. Oh, that's okay. No problemo here. I get it. But I, I actually have, okay, so I have a couple of comments. Uh, Fortnite, okay. When I was a school therapist and I saw these little children, these mostly boys, let's just be honest. <laughs> it was mostly boys that I saw, little boys in, in elementary school. <laughs> but here's the thing. 
these kids then, I mean, seven, eight, nine-year-olds were actually addicted to World of Warcraft. Uh, that was the big, huge game 10, 15 years ago. And now Fortnite is out there. So there's that. But then also, I just I just saw an article over on the Christian, I believe it was Christian Post with a Triple X founder, Triple X church founder. I think it was Craig Gross, who actually came yep. out in in basically Christian saying cannabis yeah basically saying that if you go ahead and you smoke this stuff that you're gonna have an awesome worship experience i'm like what the heck happened to you dude uh, but the art to be safe what he actually said was he took it instead of uh like painkillers or whatever so yeah i and I, yeah so what are your thoughts there huh <laughs> Well, Craig's a friend, okay. and so that's a tough one because yeah. uh, um, Craig's always been edgy with his ministry, mm-hmm. um, and he's, you know, when he started Triple X Church, um, a lot of people were critical of certain things about it, but he's created an amazing accountability software for men to get off porn and, and to focus on Jesus. And I admit, as someone who, um, you know, we live in a world that says marijuana is no big deal. And um, I think a lot of uh, adults are having an argument about whether it should be legal or whether it's helpful or whether it's harmful. And there's all kinds of debates back and forth, lots, uh, plenty of risk factors linking it to psychosis, schizophrenia, killing, you know, uh, IQ up to eight IQ points. That, that's like worse than lead poisoning. Wow. So I think there's plenty of reasons not to be doing it for a better worship experience. Um, but <laughs> um but you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to question Craig. I'm going to roll, probably roll my eyes and go, Ah, Craig. <laughs> and and the reason the reason I would I would and I haven't talked to him about this, but if I did, I'd be like, Man, the, the one thing I would have thought about because I'm not going to judge him is I, is just what young people would think. I think we got to be very careful because young people are hearing these messages of it's no big deal. And they're looking for all these excuses. And very often young people get into the debate of should it be legal or, hey, it's good because my grandma uses it for after her chemo to make herself feel better. And none of those arguments have to do with young people. Right. The one argument that that we should be talking about when it comes to young people is how does it affect your developing brain? And the research is pretty crystal clear that it's not good for the developing brain. And for a young male, how long does the brain develop? Mid, mid-20s. Right. You know, most research mm-hmm. says about 25, about 22, 23 for females. So this is, this is a big issue right now. And I think a lot of people try to get into the debates about legalization, about all this different stuff. And we don't need to get into those debates with young people. Yeah. We need to simply sit there and say, hey, let's, let's talk about you. Let's, let's talk about how it affects you. And when you, when you talk to young people, you can never tell them what to do. Right. Parents know this. If you want your kids to, you know, to not do something, just tell them to do it. That's the easiest way to get them to not do something, you know, they'll defy you. Um, so rather than saying you should do this, what the approach I really take in, in, in when I uh, speak in school assemblies to young people, when I write to young people, it's kind of like, hey, here's some good information for you to know as you make this decision. And so that's the way I approach it with this. I'm like, hey, you know, did you know that? And I, I share some of the brain research and some of this so that they realize that. And I say, what do you think of it? And of course, every chapter you saw, you've got the book in your hand. I, I put discussion questions at the end. And really my goal is that mom or dad or that caring youth worker, yeah, will then 
be able to, you know, dive into those questions and kind of say, hey, what'd you think about that? What'd you think about that study that showed the drop in IQ points? What'd you think about that story about that young man who said, hey, it's no big deal, but this and this and this happened, you know? So, and this is good stuff. I think through them dialoguing about this stuff, they're going to be able to, to sort through the many messages they hear like Christian cannabis. Um, and, and, and we can even say, you know, uh, you know, we can get into those arguments or we can, we can kind of talk about what's relevant for them. And what's relevant for them is, first of all, for most of these kids are 13, 15, 17. It's actually illegal, right. you know, and I know Craig would assert that as well. Craig Gross would assert that. Um, but also, how does it affect your brain? So we have to have these conversations. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I appreciate the fact that you're brave enough to do it. Not a lot of people are. And let me answer Melanie's question. Melanie wants to know what Triple X Church is. It's it's that's what it is. It's triple it's xxxchurch.com. If you go there, it's a website that can actually help you if you struggle with sexual uh, temptation, like with pornography use and stuff. There's actually a browser on there. You can download <clears throat> and you can put in an accountability partner that will get emailed whatever it is that you do and you do wrong. <laughs> it, it, it really, I mean, it's good stuff. If you want accountability, go there for sure. There's lots of stuff. And um, <clears throat> are you frozen? No, okay, you're not frozen. And there was, some, and just so Melanie knows, there was some kickback uh, when Craig started this ministry to go in and to minister to uh, uh, prostitutes in the sex industry. Uh, Al Mohler actually was one of the biggest ones that gave him a kickback because he got bent out of shape when they actually handed out Bibles that had covers, Jesus Loves Porn Stars. He hated that. He came out. It was all over the Baptist press bagging on Craig for doing it. But one of the things that they didn't know was that when Craig would go into these these sex shows in order to help the, these people in um, in the industry, his wife would be in costume next to him. Uh, and they would they would all be together ministering there just like they would at any other expo. And a lot of people have come out of the industry as a result of it. But, you know, his ways are unconventional. The, the marijuana thing, though, I find interesting, especially with the recent rise in the use of CBD. I think it's CBD oil. And even though that doesn't have the, the uh, supposedly actual marijuana in it, I happen to know people that sell it who are Christians who will not actually post about it because they're afraid they're going to get kicked back for that. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a fascinating subject. And again, it's one of those subjects where I don't really even get into the debate because it's not relevant with young people. Right. Um, it, it's funny how much young people want to debate on the stuff that, you know, doesn't really <laughs> affect them that much. Um, I actually had a friend who was a business guy who ended up um, uh, in this, I'll just keep it very vague, uh, in the state of Georgia, he ended up working for, for the marijuana industry, basically, and he was involved in the lobbying of it and all the different stuff, and he didn't want to be. He kind of got stuck into it and and did it for a few months and then got out, and he just, I, I can't believe the stories of, he, of what was going on with them fighting for it, and he was just like, man, I'll tell you, the people... He goes, I worked with a bunch of people who had all the arguments down on how it was good and how the oil's good and this and that. And he said it was crazy how many times that you could have just used that oil without the THC, you know, in its medicinal context. But yet they always wanted the THC because they wanted the high, you know. And he said, it's funny. 
it was a very corrupt world. And he said, it's amazing how much as it's becoming legal, black market is still tied into it. And he was, he was, uh, I'm being vague because I don't want to get him in trouble because he was really up there. <laughs> um, and uh, I tell you, it was, it was eye-opening stuff. Again, it uh, doesn't really have any effect on young people. The thing that really affects young people and the thing that really affects their world is, I mean, and here's where this stuff overlaps. We talk about these four battles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about the influence of screens and we're talking about this temptation of weed. You know, young people now carry around with them this little device. And on this little device, uh, you know, they have access to uh, all these role models that are telling them, hey, weed is no big deal. On their Insta feed, they can follow celebs. And, and right now you could jump on the Billboard music charts and the top stuff in the top 10 alone, you'll find Post Malone several times. And Post Malone, who's this funny guy, good artist, good music, this kind of stuff, he constantly talks about, you know, sleeping with hoes, shooting people, smoking weed, hey, no big deal. And these are the role models of today. You know, the role models say it's no big deal. And so in a world where they're constantly hearing, hey, no big deal, they really need some people in their life who are sharing the truth and saying, hey, here's something for you to consider. Here's here's how this stuff actually really does affect us. And even more importantly, to bring it to scripture and to say, here's what scripture says about it. And uh, to because there's so much ignorance available um, <laughs> on these little devices right here that, you know, they need some truth. And in a world full of explicit lies, someone needs to talk to them about the explicit truth. So that's that's where hopefully this book can be a resource for moms and dads and youth workers because it's the type of thing that hopefully you're not going to just hand your kid and say read this hopefully it'll be the thing where you can you know hand it to him and if you've been talking about marijuana say hey read this chapter um you know on 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 weed or read the chapter on drinking or whatever it is and uh let's go to breakfast saturday and if they've been smoking weed you could say which will be really handy because you got the munchies so let's go to breakfast and then uh and we'll dialogue about this yeah Hey, there you go. Hey, you know what? That's why we do our show online is because you would not. Well, you would because you're informed, but you would not believe the people that are not informed. Um, And just to kind of change the topic just slightly just for a second. You know, the abortion issue has exploded since Donald Trump has been in office. Right. It's kind of moved from the gay issue to the abortion issue. And. I mean, yesterday, you probably know Alabama just passed the most restrictive abortion law, I believe, in the country. And I simply put a little dinky comment, praise God, hallelujah, more babies will be protected. (laughs) Not inflammatory at all. But I literally, within probably, I'm not kidding you, within probably a minute, there was 174 comments attacking me. Right? It was on CBS's news feed, okay? I didn't say anything. I just laughed as I was reading it. Laughed and cried, actually, because on the one hand, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like, this is a no-brainer that we're all, we were all born babies, you know, <laughs> those of us who survived. But the logic and the emotion behind it all, you carry that over into kids today who have never been taught absolute truth, which is clear from our generation from that thing. Uh, it drives me crazy, which is why one of the reasons why we do what we do on this show is it's really an apologetic show. If you if you you probably know who Janet Parshall is, so she's my mentor. You don't know who Janet is? You know who she is, or you don't? No, I actually don't. But that's that, that's cool. I'm glad oh, to hear that. You need to get on her show, okay? 
Don't tell her I recommended you, though. <laughs> but Janet Parcel's America. Well, it used to be Janet Parcel's America. Now it's in the market with Janet Parcel over on Moody Radio. So you might want to get. She would love this topic. Okay, just saying. But she, um, you know, we talked about this stuff all the time. You know, where you need to give people a reason for the beliefs that they have. And I know that you know Sean McDowell and and probably mm-hmm. Josh as well and apologetic oriented. It's it's super important. And here's the other thing we always talk about too, the breakdown of the family. If the family structure had not been broken down the way that it has been, like devastated, crushed, destroyed by the enemy, then we wouldn't have a lot of the issues that we're dealing with even today. I mean, you talk about self-esteem and guys, the suicide rates are higher now than they've ever been, as far as I can remember. You know, so talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, no, you're correct. And, and that really goes, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to say uh, it's this device. It, it's because uh, a lot of people would debate and sit there and say, oh, come on, you know, and I won't say this is the only factor, but let's right. go back in history a little bit. Um, let's go to 2007, January 2007. In January 2007, a guy wearing jeans and sneakers walked out on a stage and made a literally life-changing announcement. I'm talking about Steve Jobs. He walked out and he said, today we're going to reinvent the phone. And man, I tell you, that right there was probably the biggest announcement of the century. Because what happened there in January 2007 is pre-January 2007, social media was something that was on a computer either plugged into the wall or maybe with a Wi-Fi signal, but social media was on a computer. Then you had your phone, which you could text or call. Then you had your other entertainment devices like an iPod or a game system or whatever. And those, so at least three different systems. And when he announced this new iPhone, the new smartphone, all of a sudden it all was on one device. And America loved it. It took off, and by 2012, America crosses the 50% mark for smartphone ownership. As a matter of fact, Common Sense Media just last fall came out with a report where they uh, surveyed and wanted to find out how many phones 12 through 17-year-olds had. Um, Back in 2012, before the turn of the year, 41% of 12 through 17-year-olds had a smartphone in their pocket. They crossed that 50% mark at the end of the year, depending who counted Nielsen, Pew, or common sense media, all these guys count and some of them count in little different ways, but pretty much right around that 2012 mark, for sure is when most of America had smartphones in their pockets and teenagers right around 12, 13. And then now, as of last fall, 89% of 12 through 17 year olds have a smartphone in their pocket, which parents might be interested in because you know when their kids come home they're and if their kid's 12 and doesn't have a smartphone yet and says mom all my friends have smartphones you know parents can say no correction only 89 percent of your friends actually have smartphones but so 89 percent and and i'll tell you what we've seen since then is you talked about depression anxiety i think no no you know because we've seen Anxiety right now is an all-time high. Depression, all-time high. We have a 40-year high for suicide among teen girls. And every expert out there, especially when you get like Gene, Dr. Gene Twenge, author of iGen from San Diego State University, um, I mean, literally hundreds of health experts are saying it is this device. And I agree, and I'll tell you why. 
I work with young people. This thing is the barometer of self-esteem right now. This tells you exactly how many friends you have, tells you exactly how liked you are. And it does two different things. One is it, it keeps numbers of like how many friends you got. So now there's almost this competition of, of what, how many followers do you have? I mean, I hear kids be, say, I want to be a YouTube star. I want to be an Insta celeb. Well, that's all about how many followers you have. When I go to publish a book, when you put a, uh, a proposal into it, they want to mm-hmm. publish it. Christian publishers want to know. How many Facebook followers have? How many yep. Twitter followers have? I mean, it, th- we live in a world now where followers mean something. So think about this. Are we as human beings, especially are we as a 13-year-old girl, teenager, or a 15-year-old guy, more likely to say yes when we get a, you know, a request to follow? Man, we're going to say yes and laugh. I mean, we're, we're going to be like, you know, like, I mean, honestly, we're going to be like, hmm, you know, Ted Bundy? Hmm, should I, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, whatever, you know which is really weird because he's dead. But, 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 you know, if we got a request, we would actually, you know, con- consider that because we want that friend count to go up. So we have tons of young people, again, two factors here. On one hand, we've got tons of young people saying yes to people that they shouldn't be saying yes to. And they think that they're saying yes to some teenager from a high school across the street, but really they're saying yes to some 45-year-old naked and hairy pedophile sitting in his basement um, who's posing like a teenager. So we've got a lot of danger going on. But yeah. in addition to that, because young people are so tied up in their social media feed, um, there's also this, once they post something, they're then waiting for the like. That hit. How many likes did I get to this post? And, and well, I didn't get as many likes as him. Not to mention when they're scrolling through the feed, they're like, you know, a guy is sitting there looking and going, oh, well, look at him. He, he's got a new girlfriend. And Look at, oh, look at him. He's at Disneyland. And, oh, he's got a new puppy. I I don't have a new girlfriend. I'm not at Disneyland. I don't have a new puppy. And a lot, there's studies been out there that said after three minutes of scrolling through Instagram, you're depressed about who you are. Yep. So, I mean, this is, this is kind of the reality. We're putting ourselves in danger. We're all about these friends. It's affecting us on, on levels of depression. And I mean, Dr. Gene Twinge's book, iGen, you read it, pretty much the summary is the more time you spend on social media, the more depressed you are. And I don't disagree with her in the slightest. Um, This is affecting us. And that's why we got to talk to young people about screens. We need to talk about things like screen time and this, not telling them what to do, but giving them information and dialoguing with them about it. And let me add the thing is, young people are realizing this too through the school of hard knocks. Young people, when I talk with them in school assemblies, I'll, I'll sit there and say, hey, how many of you guys, you've been in a group with your friends and you talk with your friend and they're staring at their stupid screen, you know? And, and kids will be like, you totally do that. Of course, they won't think I do, you know, I don't do that, but you do, you know, they, they all are frustrated with that. Pew Research did a survey last fall where they asked young people about their attitudes about phones and screen time and all that kind of stuff. And not only did 54% of young people say, I think I spend too much time on my phone, over half of high school kids. There was a the simultaneous survey, and I'm trying to remember who did it. I can't, I've cited it in my articles. 69% of 12 through 17 year olds said, I wish I could spend more time face to face than on screens. So there is this kind of this felt need of there's something more. There's something more than just this. 
Are they ready to throw their phone away? No. no. Are they ready to, you know, not take it to the bedroom with them? No, they prefer to have it in there. But they're realizing there's something more. And that's the beginning of a conversation point for us. And those are some of the conversation points I use in the book to dialogue about this very important subject. Yeah. See, that's so good. And there's so many things I can say. So I'll say a couple. Then we're going to do our break. So first of all, if you guys have joined us, Jonathan McKee is our guest. And his book is Guy's Guide to Four Battles. This, this is the book we're talking about. You guys can go get it at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. Wherever other books are sold, besides fine books, you can. <laughs> Why do we say that? That just anyway, you can get, go to Amazon. They own the world. Okay, just saying. Uh, but yeah, there, there's actually a couple of things that that um, that you said. You know, talk about the phone, right, Steve Jobs. Um, which what's really interesting to me is that uh, probably about two years ago or so, I was talking to a guy who was a hundred years old, and I I asked him. I said, "What is?" like the biggest change that you saw in your lifetime. And he was a hundred. He said, cordless phones. That was, that was his answer. He couldn't, he couldn't believe that phones were like cordless and just the impact of that. Now, the other thing is I, I have a 90 year old father, almost 91 who lives in assisted living. And I go visit him. I take care of him. I see him a couple times a week usually. And I bring my phone all the time. And cause I have it because of him so I can be notified, but also my whole life is on it just like everybody else's. But what I find interesting is that in the, the mid eighties to the 90 year olds that I hang out with a lot, cause I do, I'm in the gerontology crowd there. Um, they say to me as a younger person that they wish that they could be connected that way. So it's interesting because I'll always say to my dad, no, you don't. You do not want this thing to control your life. Of course, you know, he's almost 91, so it's not like he has a long, long life left to live anyway. But you know what I'm, the point I'm trying to make. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, though, schools are, are, are training children very, very young on these things. And when I was in grad school, I started, I actually started a podcast called Being Safe Online. And... Back then, some people actually were, uh, youth pastors and stuff, actually started doing workshops to try to warn people back then about the dangers. Today, I couldn't even keep up with it, so I no longer do that podcast, but it's horrible. I mean, it is, it is kind of horrible. It's, you've said so much. It's just horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, but there is hope. And you know, you know what I think the hope is? Besides the Lord Jesus, obviously, I think the hope is if we can get kids exercising, getting them to play sports, getting them outdoors. And I have to tell you, Jonathan, one of the biggest shocks when, for my husband and I, when we moved out of Southern California here to middle Tennessee, is that the kids in our neighborhood were actually outdoors on bikes, riding up and down, playing basketball in the street with their, you know, singular basketball hoop out there. Um, and it didn't bug me and my husband at all. Cause we were like, yeah, kids are outside. They're not on their phones. I play pickleball almost five days a week except when my foot hurts too much. And there's a lot of people, all the kids in there, everybody's complaining, well, we have to share the gym with the kids. I'm like, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that, that there's like basketball going on and volleyball because they're not on their phones during that time. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's just amazing the culture, how it's changed all because of a phone and, you know, the internet. So do you want to comment? And then I'll do, I'll do my break. Uh, no, I mean, absolutely just affirming on that. And, and it's and it's interesting 
too when it comes to these little devices. Again, our, hopefully our message to our kids isn't going to be get rid of them or whatever, but teaching them some self-control and teaching them how, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like if you can listen to them and their surveys where it's not that they want to get rid of their phone, but they just think, wouldn't it be cool to have more face-to-face relationships? And we can provide some of those and, and going on those outdoor hikes and those bike rides and, and doing activity with them that they actually enjoy and go, this was, this was cool and countless studies been done where camps will send kids away to uh you know without devices for a week and the researchers predicted they would young people would go crazy and in most those the overwhelming majority as a matter of fact i cite one in the book where 92 percent of young people actually experience more and the word they used was gladness Mm-hmm. being away from their device because they were engaged in these relationships that, that they that made them you know that that hit a felt need for them so we can do some of these activities and let them feel it and then hey then post a picture of that bird you saw or that or the bike you rode or whatever and post it on there that's fine or teach our kids how to be responsible with their phones and see what this looks like but this all starts with us having conversations with them right and being role models too I'm, I remember um, years ago, the research showed that if a kid, uh, in order to break him of uh, like a gaming addiction, I, I read that it was 72 hours. If you could keep a kid off for three days, then they could break that addiction. Three days. Huh? And I remember talking to kids like six, seven years, eight years old, <laughs> addicted to World of Warcraft. And I would say to them, why do you like this game so much? And they would say to me, well, I like the graphics, but I, all my friends are there, you know. And, and it was just, ugh, as a, as a mom figure, you know, I, mean, I don't have my own kids, but, cause I couldn't, but, but man, that just ripped my heart out. I had this one little kid named Leon who I was playing chess with one day, you know, cause that's what us therapists do. We pay, <laughs> play games. And this kid said to me, he got mad all of a sudden he threw down his thing. He's, why are you playing with me? And I said, because I like you. <laughs> and he's like, nobody ever plays with me at home. And I'm, and you know, again, it's just like your heart's being ripped out of your chest, you know. And then he said, the the words I'll never forget. He said to me, "You're my best friend," and I'm like, "Ugh," you know. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the kids of today. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, this kid is probably now in his early twenties. But man, I tell you, that's the heart of what these guys deal with, right? So, okay, all right. So let me let me go ahead now and thank our sponsor yeah i will okay our sponsor is ariel ministries i don't know if you're familiar with dr arnold fruchtenbaum and the school of messianic jewish studies but uh, ariel is awesome and you guys i'm telling you if you want to go to camp this is the camp to go to go to camp shoshana and they have like an eight-week intensive bible study stuff up there in the adirondack mountains uh, there are scholarships for pastors uh, and families that can't afford it. Uh, but what this camp is, you go up there, you you get fed, you get fellowship, you get good, solid Bible teaching from from Ariel's teachers, including Dr. Fruchtenbaum himself. Uh, so go to campshoshana.com. Also, don't forget, you can go over to ariel.org and you can save 20% on anything there on the site. Uh, you can save 20% with the coupon code BIBLENEWS. <clears throat> in fact, as you guys know, we're studying the book of First Peter together here on air every week. So if you want to get their First Peter uh, study, you can save some money there. Uh, they're only like three to five bucks. 
but you can still save some money. A couple of coins never hurts people. So go, you can do that. Also, hey, the other thing is, um, it is allergy season. <laughs> this morning I was at a, two networking meetings and my allergies and everybody else's allergies were bugging me. Uh, during that time, we actually had one of our meetings outdoors. Middle Tennessee, it's all grain, people. If you're like me, you use essential oil, in particular lemon, lavender, peppermint. This stuff works because it's a natural antihistamine. You guys can go to sparknaturals.com there. Use my coupon code JOHN316 and save. <laughs> you like the tie-in? Pretty good, huh? JOHN316, for God so loved the world, you know, and you can save money when you remember to use that. You save 10%. And also, not only that, not only do you save 10% on that, but... If, it, if they're having a sale, you actually get 10% on top of that sale. Just so you know. And last but not least, if you want to be a pillar of our community, meaning that you just donate to us every month, you guys can donate at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Yeah, you can. And I totally love it if you do. <laughs> and thank you to those of you who do. We really appreciate it. And last night, I have to tell you, me and my friend, Dr. Jennifer Fee, we did our five... Uh, Ways to a Peaceful Mind uh, webinar. It was a huge success, and it was awesome. And so I just want to let you guys know that tomorrow I will be giving you some updated information about that in our new coaching that we're offering uh, right now that you will definitely want to be a part of. And let me also remind you that not to forget about uh, becoming a member of Legal Shield or Ladies of Justice, as well as getting your identity theft protection through us, okay? Because if you go to bit.ly forward slash LOJ2019, uh, you can get protected and uh, and use the mobile app and save lots of money, too. In fact, I just, you guys know I talk about member perks all the time. You guys know that I've saved about $600 in this past year with this membership. That only cost me 25 bucks a month. This is a no-brainer, seriously. And as people of God, we need to be wise with our money. And I'm just telling you, become a member. You'll save money. And you'll support our show when you do it through us. So please do that and consider it, okay? All right. <clears throat> so if you came in late, let me tell you that we have a great guest today. Jonathan McKee is his name. Yeah, it is. He's written his brand new book. This is like over 20 books written. This is his latest. Guys, God, guys, guide. Guys, guide <laughs> to four battles. Every young man must face a manual to overcoming life's common distractions. There you go. Or life's common distractions. Okay, there it is right there. See? All right, so, so far we've talked about sexual temptation and self-esteem. What was the other one? I lost my notes. What are the other two distractions? I forgot what they are. I'm at well, that age. We, did, we've ta- it's funny, what we've actually talked about, I don't know what we've actually talked about, but the four, the four S's or the four distractions oh, yeah. are definitely screens substances, sexual temptation, and struggles with self-esteem. Yes, we've talked about all of them, actually. All right, but you do tell a story in here about a dog who eats a lot of fat, right? I do. So tell us that story, because I think it's very, very, it's a cool story, and it makes an awesome good point, and people will remember it. Well, it's, it's actually, as a matter of fact, sometimes he's in the office with me here, and he's not. Otherwise, I would have actually introduced you to my dog, Lionel Richie, my, my daughter named him. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Lionel funny. is awesome. He's, uh, he's mostly Labrador, but he's got 
um, a little bit of uh, Jack Russell, um, which huh. means he's all energy all the time. And he um, is just, he's crazy. And we've got, we've got a few acres out here. And um, whenever I'm out there working, I usually have him along with me. And he's just, he, I mean, he's just, you know, just this <sighs> here and over there. And just, I mean, he's just constantly all over the place. And there's this one particular day where he kept disappearing. I'm like, where is he going? And I look over and he had found underneath my Weber grill, he had found the, the little tray that collects the, the fat drippings. And uh, he was shoving his beak in there. And I was like, dude, get your snout out of there. That's going to that's gonna mess you up. That's, that's salt. That's like four months of, fa- of coagulated fat. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not good stuff. And, and he looked at me like, no, I'm pretty sure this is good stuff. I'm like, dude, dude. And so I was trying to get him to come work with me, but I was chopping wood or somewhere. I kind of had my attention forward. I look again, he's gone. I'm like, oh no the grill and I go over there and he was literally licking down the last, and I'm talking a tray about this thick and about like, like, I mean, half a lasagna pan. He probably, he probably ate three to four pounds of fat. I mean, and, and I told, I went in and I told my family, I'm like, okay, Lionel just ate four pounds of fat out of the And they were like, what? And I'm like, so be ready. And I tell you, he got, so it was within an hour. It was coming out both ends, man. He was just, it was, he was throwing up. It was, it was, he was like, he was like a fountain dude. He was just, it was just coming everywhere. And it was, I, I mean, I couldn't believe he was erupting. And, um, and then he looked up at me and I was like, no, dude, I told you, I, I warned you. I tried to reason with you. And he just, and he literally flopped down on his bed and he just laid there and kind of looked up at me like, kill me. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. But, you know, and for three days, uh. he was met up for probably what was 60 to 90 seconds of fun. And uh, so, yeah, I t- I've told that story with young people quite a bit because it's hilarious. Um, but I, I opened up the book with that story because it's just so it just nails exactly um, the mentality that sometimes we have. Of we look at something, we look at that temporary pleasure and we all we see is that fun and we don't think beyond it. Um, 60 seconds of fun and three days of misery. Um, you know, we have the ability to reason. We're, we're smarter than a dog. And we have the ability to look forward and go, you know what? Look at these consequences. So I, I use that as an opportunity to reason with them. And, and, I, I, and since we're talking to young guys, I use another example, which is the example of playing video games. Because most young guys, you know, know what that's like. And, and I kind of talk about the time where you've got your controller and you're navigating down some hallway and you take a wrong turn and you get blasted. Well, when you get killed in a video game, the really cool thing is it just, you're dead. And then it restarts you back at the last checkpoint. So you get this do-over, you know, this beautiful, new, healthy restart where you could try again. Well, nobody sits there and goes and just unprepared you know, goes and makes the same stupid move. They learn from that mistake and they fix that. And I use it and I talk about that. I say, how many guys go and just blindly go to the same spot and do the same stupid thing? No, we, you learn from your mistake in video games. Why don't we do that in real life? And as a matter of fact, I even use the example that when you're playing video games, if your buddy is playing and you see him do that, you go, oh, I'm going to make sure I don't do that. Mm-hmm. 
again, an opportunity in real life. You know, if you see your buddy, you know, say, hey, drink, it's no big deal. And he crashes his car and loses his license and DUI and all that different stuff. You don't need to experience it firsthand to learn from that. We can learn from that. And, and that's a lot of what this book is about. It's engaging young people in discussions about, um, about all these choices in life that have to do with screams, sexual temptation, substances, and how that affects our self-esteem. And as we dialogue with young people about that, um, as we give them this information, they're going to be able to think about this um, as they're making these decisions on their own. That's right. Well, and and that's a great, I love that story because it reminds me of my dog, Tuggy Bear, who's a little Bichon Frise, who decided one day that he was going to eat my organic beauty balm, which was about this big. And I had never even tried this stuff. It was just sent to me, right? So I was like, oh, it's organic. I can, anyway. <laughs> so it's a little thing, a little jar about that big. That little dog ate the whole thing. He barfed it up, went back, ate it again after he vomited it all up. <clears throat> and he did this three times before That's I would. Yeah, I know, right? Before I could get it all up, before I could actually get up his barf the, the fourth time, he would, he, 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 stupid dog, man. He would just go back and eat it again. Uh, anyway, yeah, it is kind of funny. I'm glad, is your dog and, okay? And you just lost three viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so Mama Gina says, like I told my kids, learn from other people's mistakes. You won't have, you won't live long enough to make them all yourself. It's so true. <laughs> Good. So, do any of you guys have any questions for Jonathan? You know, he is only here for another couple more minutes. Bareface, do you have any questions or comments? You're a guy. You should weigh in. You should probably have some thoughts. Wait, my Fitbit's telling me I need to go for a walk right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm going to resist the temptation to be told what to do by this watch. Anybody? Nope. I'm looking at people. No. It's awesome. I'm just, oh, yeah, for Randall, let's see if he wants I'm, to say something. I was just looking over on Twitch to see if there's. Oh, anything. see if anybody's saying anything on Twitch. Yeah, we decided, Jonathan, that we were going to break new ground by, by broadcasting our show on a gaming platform. <laughs> And there believe it or not, he, check this out. We actually have a few viewers over there in their 20s, which is so Good. super cool. Good. You know, I figure, hey, you know what? The least we could do is put ourselves there. All right. So uh, Mama Gina wants to know, how do you help your son with self-esteem? That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, and that's a tough one. And it's amazing how many of these other things are, you know, are, are tied in with that because, you know, again, self-esteem nowadays is very sometimes connected to screens, how others perceive us. You know, when I was in high school, if I tripped going into a classroom and flopped, you know, on the ground, a lot of people laughed and some people would say, Oh, you should have seen Johnson trip today. But now, you know, it's captured and posted on social media with large banners and arrows pointing to what a dumb, you know, and finished a sentence there, mm -hmm. you know, this person was. And, and so, I mean, it's, it's on steroids. So this is tough. We live in a world where, where struggles with self-esteem are bigger and bigger. There's a couple of things you can do. Um, I'll, I'll do some on the bonding side and some on the boundary side. In other words, remember, as a parent, we have the opportunity to bond with them and talk with them about stuff but we also have some boundaries that help them um let me steal the boundary that the american academy of pediatrics has been recommending for years and that is uh no no internet or television in the bedroom 
Um, you know, I, I wrote a book on bullying uh, right here called The Bullying Breakthrough. And it's interesting because when I was researching for this book, it was amazing how much of cyberbullying happened uh, from the bedroom at night and people are posting and being mean to each other. And I told parents, I said, you know what? If we all just took the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations of let's not, you know, you know, even if you've got your kids screens, let's not let them have screens in a bedroom. Do you realize how much bullying would stop? you know, and how much picking on each other would stop because of people posting stupid stuff late at night. So it's amazing how just, and not to mention too, that, you know, um, another recommendation that most since media to Bill Gates all recommend delay social media. You can't even be on Instagram or Snapchat unless you're 13 years old. And what I mean is the FTC has this thing called COPA, Child's Online Privacy Protection Act, which means that if you if your 12-year-old tries to sign up for Snapchat, Snapchat says, sorry, you're not old enough when you enter in your birthday. And most kids go, oh, and they lie about their birthday. Right. I work with 11 to 14-year-olds on campus, and all of them have devices. All of them are on Snapchat. All of them are on Instagram because parents don't monitor this stuff. They don't talk with their kids about this. And the parents and half those kids, their parents even know and lie about their age. You guys, this is a no-brainer. We can delay. I'm not saying deny, but delay social media. Don't be in a rush to get your 10-year-old. We live in a country where the average age that a young person gets a phone is 10.3 years old. We don't need to rush and get them these devices when people like Bill Gates and Common Sense Media are saying, guess what? Wait till high school to give your kids a smartphone. And if you do, you delay them a lot of the drama that affects their self-esteem. So there's two boundaries, phones in the bedroom and waiting for social media, waiting to give them devices. Those are helpful. But there's also something we could do when it comes to bonding. And as we're wrapping up this show, I think this is important because as we're talking with young people about this and affirming them and who they are, self-esteem is really, it's this identity thing. And so often they get so caught up in, in their identity on their phone, their, their you know, identity of how they look, you know, how many friends they have online, this and that. And I got to tell you, as believers, our identity is in Christ. As believers, our identity is really not about us, but about what Christ did in us. And honestly, the simple step of just making sure that we're in the word as a family. And you said something earlier. You said, uh, we need to model this. And that's so important. And if we, as moms and dads, we as grandparents are spending time in a word and, and maybe at dinner saying, hey, I'll tell you what, not only do we have boundary, no tech at the table, but do we have a time where, hey, we're just, we're just going to open up the word together um, and, and read a little bit. And if you're reading the book of Acts together, which is full of cool action, you know, you're at the beginning of the book of Acts and, and Peter and John healed this guy and everybody's like whoa you guys are amazing and peter says why are you looking at us as if we did this by our own power let me tell you it was by the power of jesus that we did this peter models something he says it's not me it's christ in me same thing happened with the apostle paul uh in, when he's writing the second letter to corinthians you know second corinthians chapter four he's talking about uh you know a lot of people are like man you're the man he's all let me tell you something straight up for Second Corinthians four or five, he goes, "We don't preach ourselves; we preach Christ the Lord. All we can say about ourselves is what He has done for us." He goes, "We are just vessels. We're 
We're these clay jars holding this amazing treasure inside. Nobody wants to look at a clay jar, but you want to see the treasure. That's the treasure. Don't look at me. Look at him. And the more our kids get into that truth and hear that truth and start to see it, the more that when they're serving out there and they see the impact that that Jesus can make through them in someone else's life. I mean, you got a a kid that's feeling bad about self-esteem, take them to a homeless shelter. Take them to a, a to you know a, a home for the elderly and spend some time with us. They come home and sometimes they see that there's so much more than just them. Yep. And let them experience what it's like for Jesus to work through them. That's a that's a good cure for yeah. identity crisis. And these are some of the things we talk about in the guys' guide to four battles. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? I have to tell you that um, you know, <clears throat> I didn't realize how countercultural. Um, some of the Christian celebrity kids are, I, um, and, and some of the adults. I mean, I had Kay Robertson on a while back, and, and I've also interviewed Sadie and pretty much everybody in that in the Duck Dynasty family. And, you know, I remember Kay telling me, um, yeah, one of the rules that we have is, you know, no phones at the table. You know, and you actually saw that on Duck Dynasty when you watched that show. You'd see, you'd see them all go put the thing in there, and then they would all sit. But then also people like Sadie, you know, who have um, – huge followings of, of, uh, of people, Jamie Grace too, you know, they, these young women and, uh, some men like Candace Cameron Bure, she's got a massive following of followers on Instagram and, and she models reading the word of God and, you know, good wholesome stuff. Her son, Lev Bure actually recently preached at their church and, and she highlighted that. And that guy, he's just a kid. I mean, he's, I don't know how old he is, 19 or something. But, you know, yeah. it, it really does show you that, you know, how countercultural, you know, a lot of even the the Christian kids in the culture are. And and also, for me, it actually is just a good reminder to keep praying for them, too, because you, you don't know how dark it is until you're one of the ones out there that is getting crucified in the media because you're just, a, you're a believer, you know. So, interesting. And times have changed. I mean, I know... Uh, you know, I grew up in the 80s, you know, I graduated in 86 from high school. And I know that if social media had been around when I was a kid, I would have been on it, I would have been feeling the exact same way, you know, the whole selfie culture, all that stuff, you know, so, uh, so we have a huge opportunity, people. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And I think this is a great book to begin with, right, Jonathan, I think you do. Uh, so go ahead, tell everybody again where they can get it, and and go ahead and emphasize your website again too. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, you can get this book where you get, would you say, fine books? Yes. <laughs> Amazon, which rules the world. You can get it from <laughs> Amazon. You can get it ChristianBooks.com. You can get it, you know, wherever. So uh, jump on there. And if you're saying, wait, I don't have guys, I have girls. Um, right next to it on Amazon, you could find the teen's guide to social media and mobile devices as well. Um, that's great. I mean, I wonder how many of my books I could pull up and show on the screen. Do you want me to pull up more? I'll just yeah, keep, no. I actually have um, your bullying yeah. breakthrough. I was like, I have that book. How come I didn't interview you about that one? That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, and if you're, and if you're a parent ready, I'll do one more. And if you're a parent, if I had a parenting do over, where I asked all the parents the exact same question, which was, if you could go back in time and you could change one parenting practice, what would you do over? Um, and then I write on the sourceforparents.com, free resource for parents, articles, a lot of these studies have been talking about. We cite this stuff all the time. 
Uh, we don't ask for your money or anything. We just say, here's a bunch of resources. So go to the source, number four, parents.com and enjoy that. And make sure you're having these conversations with your kids. That's all right. All right, people. You heard it here first. All right. So tomorrow is Friday, which means you know what? It's free for all Friday. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I hope you guys join us here uh, tomorrow, same time. And remember, as I always say at the end of every show, be bold, people. Stand up and go forth with God because he loves you. And you know, we have the good news. So we need to go out there and, and share it with everybody. Okay. So I'll see you later.